It's the return of the Kalen as we discuss R.I.P.D. Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey guys, how are you doing? Uh, I'm Stuart Wellington. <laughs> Thanks. And I'm Hallie Hagland. Wait, right? no, wait, no, I'm not. I'm hey, Elliot Kalen. Elliot's back. Hey, that, was, that was probably your worst impression I've ever heard. No, I'll, I'll try that. Hold on, hold on. Hello, it's me, Allie Hagland. Perfect. Well, let me close on. my eyes. Okay, hold on, hold on. This. Um, hi, I'm Hallie. I'm a girl. <laughs> Close, that's pretty close. Kitty cats and puppy dogs, tea parties, princess unicorn. That's what girls sound like. Good stuff. Anyway, yeah, I'm back. Yeah, bitches. Should, um, I, should I have that much attitude? No. So, Elliot, we've made a few changes in your absence. Uh oh. Yeah, I've been um, gone for a format. month. Uh, now this is about this is called. You've been f- on. You've been on assignment. On a, well, <laughs> I've been on assignment as a father. You've been on a mission yeah. to Moscow. <laughs> if by Moscow you mean parenthood, <laughs> and by mission you mean life change, mm-hmm. and by but two, you look great, you mean, man. Your hair is super long. Yeah, yeah, like a so wild I'm, man. Yeah, I'm like Thor, just flowing locks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's You're what like happens. Thor, a helmet with tiny wings, <laughs> and uh, I got more a mag- of a Mercury if you uh, for a helmet. with... Okay. I got a magic hammer and uh, also a baby. Okay, just like just Thor. Just don't confuse them because that would be. Oh, I bad. already I already swung my baby around and tr- and tried to fly with it. Didn't work. Uh, but no, I, there's there's been a slight format change. We're now known as the Fruit House. We're going to talk about our favorite fruits. Gotta go. Oranges, <laughs> Not apples. Interested. No, come back. I'll just go. It was a bit. Well, Stuart. He's really using all the space. That's yeah. what I liked about that bit. There was some Foley work there the, the, the where I opened room. and slammed yeah. a door. I don't know yeah. if you heard it. Uh-oh. Some I'll just bit. warm myself by the fire. Crinkle, 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 crinkle. <laughs> There's a ghost over there. Boogans, boogans. <laughs> chain rattle, chain rattle. <laughs> Dude, come a, on, do a joke. And there's a lion, um, lion sound. Roar, <laughs> MGM. <laughs> yeah, that's his lions yell. They yell MGM. Metro Goldenmeyer, whatever. No, nope, no, no, and no. That's why I threw whatever in there to cover my ass. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I forgot. Because I, mean, I don't care, man. I'm a teen. I forgot you covered this with that with the whatever clause. Mr. Gordon Mercury. <laughs> <laughs> M stands for Mister. Okay, it's gender specific. (laughs) So, uh, my grandma's meatloaf. An MGM production. What's going on? (laughs) Hey guys, real talk. Okay, (laughs) before we get into the uh, the movie of the week or the two weeks, which is what we do here at the Flop House. (laughs) Here at the Flop House, we do a movie every two weeks. We watch a movie. And then we talk about it. Is the movie bad? Usually. Yeah. An allegedly bad movie and we talk about it. Before we get into it, uh, we should uh, take a take a trip to uh, to Moneytopia to uh, Really, that's the extent of the welcome that I got before we go to the sponsor spot. <laughs> yeah. Well Well, we missed you, Elliot. Uh, we I missed wanna... you guys too. I, really I mean I see you every day at work, so it really hasn't been like yeah, we've been I see you every day on my phone when I look at <laughs> pictures that Dan posts from work. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're you're hanging out with me. Yeah, I well, talk guys, to my phone. I missed I missed not being here for the last couple episodes. I was sad about it, but now I'm back, so thank you. 
Thanks to the fans for sticking with us through that dark period when I wasn't on the show. Yep. Anyway, so we're going to Moneytopia, you said? Mm-hmm. Do a little uh, sponsor spot for one of our new sponsors. And Want me to take care of this yeah. spot for you? Yeah. Out, out, damn spot. <laughs> out of my mouth, that is. And here we go. Pro Flowers. Tell you what, that's the sponsor. And I'll tell you why you need them. Valentine's Day is coming up. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, you already forgot. I already And did. your loved one, be it man, woman, fish, or fowl, would like some flowers. You know why? Because flowers are a great way to say, I love you, let's watch something die together. <laughs> uh, here's the offer from Plo Fow- from, from Plo Flowers. Here's the offer from Plo Flowers. You get one Did dozen... Did we switch bodies? Did we both pee in a <laughs> Suddenly the I same can't time? talk right. I must be Dan. Uh, here's their offer. Get one dozen long stem assorted roses with a vase and gourmet chocolates for only twenty nine ninety nine. That's crazy. That is a good price or for flowers. I'll tell double you. Double the price. roses. Double the roses. That's two dozen roses. Twenty four long. What? How long are the stems? Long. They're long stem roses. Yeah. And the vase. None of that and short stem bullshit. Just nine ninety nine more. That's just like what thirty nine ninety eight. Uh. Uh, don't make me do math, dude. <laughs> well, it's a good. This isn't the math house. It's a good price for roses. A very good price. A dozen for twenty nine ninety nine, or two dozen for just nine ninety nine more with the chocolates and the vases and all that. And I'll tell you what, delivery on Valentine's Day is guaranteed by Pro Flowers. Some flowers places will tell you, you know what, that's too high volume a day. Forget it. You're fucked, shithead. <laughs> and you're like, why would you talk to me like that? <laughs> Pro Flowers though says delivery's guaranteed. Nice guy that we like. <laughs> Wonderful. And Pro Flowers is guaranteed, the, the flowers are guaranteed to last seven days or your money back. That's a long time for cut flowers. Uh, here I want to tell you a little story about I had with Pro Flowers. Once uh, Dan and I were out on the road uh, solving mm-hmm. crimes and doing the Daily Show at a convention. Sure. Uh, doing dueling most, impressions and yeah. Mostly the latter part. As a result of my work thing, I missed my wife and I's anniversary. And so I ordered some flowers for her from Pro Flowers. Now, unfortunately, there was a mix-up with delivery, not Pro Flowers' fault. It was UPS's fault. UPS, instead of leaving them, which they're supposed to, they left one of those signature slips, and the the flowers died. They didn't get put in water. I called UPS, and they basically said, go fuck yourself. Uh They would not help. I called Pro Flowers, and they replaced them free and gave me money off for the next time I ordered flowers. So they really won my respect with that. They really take care of their customers. That's a real story that happened to me two Elliot years ago. Kalen, yeah. Me, Ellie Kalen. Uh, so here's the only way to get this Valentine's Day deal. The one doesn't And you're long still sti- married to this day. Yes. And yeah. we have Probably big, because of the flowers. Exactly because of the flowers. That's the only thing patching us together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one dozen long stem roses with the vase and the chocolates for $29.99 or double that for $9.99. Go to proflowers.com, click on the blue microphone in the top right corner, and type in Flophouse. How are you going to remember that? Because it's the name of your favorite podcast. So proflowers.com, <laughs> click on the microphone, and type in Flophouse. Order today, and the deal is only around while supplies last, because roses are limited. There's not an unlimited number. And Valentine's Day is coming up soon. This week. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Uh, Pro Flowers. But mostly... Where all the pros get their flowers. Mostly we're not a flower podcast. Mostly we're a bad movie podcast, yeah, as yeah. explained before. Uh, we we watch an allegedly bad film, and then we talk about it. And uh, tonight we watched a little film called R period, I period, P period. <laughs> Reading all the point for pronunciation. period, ripid, <laughs> ripid. <laughs> yeah, we did whippets tonight and rippets. 
<laughs> um, so this. So is what did a movie. what does RIPD stand for? I assume it's like rest oh, in peace. Really division. interesting people, duh. <laughs> <laughs> or like rare iguana patrol doctor. <laughs> You're good at this. Yeah, you want to like do some more? Reservoir in... igloo <laughs> plus dog. <laughs> it's like a real estate ad. You get a dog. Or what about a, a recording industry? Prose document. I guess it's a contract. Recumbent inception. Pretty. Just gonna keep going doing this, I guess. Devious. Devious. What about? Okay. What if it was rectangular individual? Sure. Yeah. Peeing okay. dangerously. <laughs> so I guess like out of an airplane window. Yeah. Yeah. It's from one of the Mister Mister books. Yeah. Of all those, I think I would prefer to watch the movie Rectangular Individual Pig Dangerously. Yeah, but unfortunately we watched Rest in Peace Department. Yeah. Which is, it's and like you said a, little movie, but this this one costs a lot of money, This right? is a big budget movie with big stars uh, and a big lack of ideas you at the center of it. You've got your Ryan Reynolds, you've got your Jeff Bridges, you have your Mary Louise Parker. You've got... Uh, uh, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon is James in it. James Hong. James Hong is yeah. in it. <laughs> the biggest name in Hollywood, James Hong. I mean, but he's been in so many more movies. Well, this, is and... what, this was much more interesting than watching the movie, which, which was looking on IMDb and discovering that James Hong has 387 listings as an actor on IMDb. Yeah. The man has almost 400 acting credits <laughs> yeah. on he's, IMDb. He's great, and Hollywood is lazy when it comes to casting ethnic parts. Yeah. I mean, you may uh, know him as the butler from Chinatown. Yeah. You may know him as... Lopan. Everybody who's listening to this knows him as Lopan. Well, that's where I was going. He was also one of the hench bad guys in Tangled Cash. I was going to end up there, but you started. You had had dessert at the beginning of the meal. (laughs) I'm Uh, an adult. I can have dessert whenever I want, bro. Big Trouble Little China is the dessert compared to Chinatown. (laughs) Well, Yeah, because Chinatown's a load of crap. Get that out quick. Let's get to Big Trouble in Little China. I thought the real dessert was... Kim Cattrall? in Chinatown? I don't think so. Instant F. Him playing the butler in Chinatown is not as big a role as him playing Lopan in China. In the romantic trouble. lead. In, little, in Big Trouble in Little Chinatown. <laughs> Forget it. Forget it, Jack Burton. It's Big Trouble in Little Chinatown. Yeah. It's how it is. Um, but this movie, instead of that... This movie is, is not So he's criminally but it, but underused. James Hong, a crime that would not be enforced by the Rest in Peace Department. Unless, they a, just fu- well, yeah, unless I guess a ghost did it. Specifically, a deado does it. A deado, as they're Which called. Which is not a normal ghost. Okay, you explain. Let's talk about... Sex, maybe. <laughs> uh, I was going to say R.I.P.D., but all right. Uh, <laughs> there's only one place where ghosts and sex intersect, and that's the blowjob scene in Ghostbusters. So let's talk about it. Anyway, Dan Aykroyd's lying on a bed. <laughs> his pants come off. <laughs> Unzip of their own accord. Wait a minute, guys. His eyes get super crossed at some point, yeah. right? Yes. Did I jump to the end again? You did. You jumped to the he's end. He's like, I'll allow it. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's what? The sex judge? Yeah. <laughs> bring, in the ne- bring in the defendant. I mean, guys, if you were getting a ghost blow job, come on. Yeah. They call them boo jobs. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, the, you made that joke during the movie. Yeah, but the audience, <laughs> or the, the listeners, weren't there for that. Okay. Anyway, so Ryan Reynolds is Detective Nick Walker, a very unimaginative name of the Boston Police Department, because every fucking movie takes place in Boston. That's a law. It's cheap to shoot there. It's apparently cheap to shoot there, and everybody loves doing got an Boston accent. accents. Yeah, we got a bunch like, of Ben Afflecks and Seth MacFarlanes in this movie. Like yeah. pop. 
pack and the car, etc. And so forth. They're wicked, whatever. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hot lava. Dunkin' so- Donuts. <laughs> is that a, Am I right? Is that a thing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Paul Revere. <laughs> An old church. Shout out. Shout out and Paul Revere and Beans. <laughs> yep, I'm from yep. Boston. Yep, let me blur my vision and I feel like I'm there. Yep. Boston legal. old Boston <laughs> That's Everyone knows about that. Uh, so anyway, so Ryan Reynolds is Nick Walker, and he is partners with Kevin Bacon, who is slowly transforming into <laughs> Ethan Hawke as he ages. It's like Ethan Hawke and Kevin Bacon are just converging into one beautiful figure yeah. of a grizzled, Sharply cheekboned man with like <laughs> skin like a like a tannery, you know, yeah, like a snake man. Yeah, like <laughs> but a beautiful snake. But a, yeah, one exactly. of those one of those pretty snakes. Yeah, yeah one of those snakes that mesmerizes you with its beauty. <laughs> like a snake, yeah, like uh, what's his name from Jungle Book? You know. Yeah. Uh, so wait a minute. So this was another example of the time when uh, an actor walks on screen and we're immediately like, he's the bad guy because yes. he's the next most famous guy. The minute yeah. you see Kevin Bacon, you're like, oh, okay, so he's the, he's the one who's going to do it. And you'll see. So the two of them find some gold in a drug bust, and they split it up between them because they're dirty cops. This happens off screen. Ryan Reynolds buries it in the backyard of his house uh, because, hey, he's trying to clean up his act so that he and his wife, Julia, who we were introduced with her sans pants, uh, are... They're, they Probably have, the high point of the film. Yeah, oh, but certainly. They have one of those scenes where the where the cop and his wife talk to each other, and you have to prove in one scene that this is the most loving couple in history, and they come off as the most irritating people in the world. Yeah. But These but, scenes are always written like it's two awkward people flirting for the first time. Yeah, but they're married, and they're always in a bed. With the cop is always waking up, and his wife always comes over and like talks to him. And you have to understand, like that has to build up the the stakes of the movie. Yeah, well, that's right the thing. Now. Like I was gonna say, like this is to prove that he's not a <laughs> jerk or a monster. He has a wife, uh, Elliot, so we should like him. Elliot may disagree with me on this point, but this is like the romantic version of the Sandra Bullock and Gravity thing, where it's just like, oh, we're not gonna trust. Spoiler alert: We're not gonna trust that it's important for Sandra Bullock uh, to get home uh, unless she has a tragic backstory with her kid. You know, we're not. There's not enough stakes just in survival. We have to actually give her some other stuff too. And this is like, oh, there's not enough. It's not. We're not going to be sad enough if one of these people dies in this relationship. We have to show that they have the greatest love of all. I guess. I mean, I would say in Gravity that her tragic backstory is showing why she is reluctant to save herself mm-hmm. rather yeah, than. Right. But uh, that's besides the point. Yeah, she on. might want to cross over and be with her child ghost. Yeah, mm-hmm. in the R.I.P.T. <laughs> Because here's what happens. Uh, They go, uh, Kevin Bacon and Ryan Reynolds go, they have a drug bust on some kind of meth warehouse factory, and it instantly instantly becomes just explosions (laughs) everywhere. They do it by the book, they split up. All the cops, there's a big army of cops, they rush into this warehouse and all go off in different directions. Fucking start Yosemite Sam and all over the place. Just flame everywhere, explosions. It's one of those factories that manufactures explosions. That's what Stuart just said. It's like... Like a heavy huh? metal music video Who, or something. From yeah, exactly. Yeah, they they apparently invade. They're raiding the CNC music factory. <laughs> <laughs> There's just gears and flame everywhere. They're not nearly greasy enough just for it to be the fly CNC girls music. and backup dancers <laughs> just falling off of railings. I anyway, uh, but in all the uh, hubbub, uh, Kevin Bacon kills Ryan Reynolds because he knows Ryan Reynolds is trying to go clean and he doesn't want him turning him in. Ryan Reynolds. Uh, all all of time freezes around him, and he's walking through this scene of bedlam, frozen in, in mid-moment, and then gets sucked in, up into the sky, 
into like a cloud whirlwind full of souls. Well, it's a vortex. And his reaction to all this is the slightest furrowing of his brow. Ryan Reynolds could not be bothered to act the emotion of curiosity, awe, fright, wonder, They probably didn't surprise. know what it was going to look like until they did the special effects. So they're <laughs> just like, I don't know, man, look sad or scared. But or you something. get the feeling that this has happened to him multiple times. Like, <laughs> all right, here we go again. I'm yeah. walking through frozen time. And that time. was one of the many occasions on which I met my death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but he, he was probably kind of wondering why he didn't get sucked up into the sky until he actually left the building, right? That's true. Apparently, here's one of the thing, themes in this movie is that heaven is surprisingly limited in its abilities. Uh, it cannot suck you into heaven if you're in a building. you got to go outside, and it'll take you up through the sky. But if there's a roof in the way, you're on your own. So if he decided not to leave that warehouse, I guess he'd still be haunting it to this very day. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Heaven has a police force, which we learned, yeah. because he gets pulled out and he's told that dirty cops, rather than going to hell, they're given a chance to work off their time in the RIPD, the Rest in Peace Department, run, I guess, by uh, Mary Louise Parker, Parker. Uh, who is the, like, He's like sassy, a police officer go-go dancer type. Sassy mm-hmm. police chief wearing a, yes, a short skirt and go-go boots, and... Yeah. Uh, they, she and was, a lot of uh, plastic surgery. <laughs> she's wearing that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. She's, Put it on for this movie. <laughs> she explains that, uh, I guess, dead souls escape, and they're called deados. <laughs> and they go into the, into the living world, and they rot because of their own moral evil, and that rot infects the living world. And so the RAPD has to go and arrest them, but also just kill them yeah. sometimes. Because if you shoot them with magic bullets, they're erased from reality, uh, and that, but otherwise they get brought back to Deto Jail, and they just kind of sit in, in cages yelling at each other, turning into monsters slowly. Yeah, that rot affects people as if it was a river of slime under New York. Yep, it's a, yep. <laughs> it's a, and so he gets inducted into, let's call it so Men wait, in Black that's, Light. That's, that's the, that was the first Ghostbusters reference of the podcast, yeah, we'll right? More, We're saving well, some more for later. I, can I, you I, don't wanna, home, I don't want to derail the entire well, Let me just say, synopsis. he gets me matched up with a partner played by Jeff Bridges, who is a law, U.S. Marshal from the late 19th century, the Old West time. Mm-hmm. Doing, the, doing his best to erase the memory of his great Rooster Cogburn <laughs> and True Grit. <laughs> he is really, you, you, yeah, he, he is really hamming it up, hamming it down. To be fair, he's trying to do something with the character as opposed to Ryan Reynolds, who's just walking through like in a daze. But you were going to say something about Ghostbusters. No, I, well, One not, of the best movies Not specifically about made. Ghostbusters, but I think that when this movie came out... The music certainly better. I said something similar to this. <laughs> like, I just... I just have a problem with the. Uh, I have a meta- metaphysical problem with the concept of this movie. The concept of a ghost crime that escape criminals yeah. who escape. Exactly the idea that the best the best way to deal with escaped souls is through some sort of ghost police division. That number one, escaped souls is a thing that happens. I mean, that's that's been in a lot of uh, pulp fiction. I'm fine with that. But then also just like the idea that like, okay, there is some sort of I guess guiding force in the universe, a god, if you will, and he decides that the best way to do this is to have a bunch of other ghosts go out and corral them in the same way that normal cops would corral criminals. Yeah, where do you think police got the idea? From the ghost police. All right. Yeah. Ghost police. And this movie should have been called and Ghost they have, And they have basically carte blanche, right? I mean, they can do whatever they want. Uh, not really. They have. It's against the rules to be seen catching a ghost bad guy in public because some reason. It's one of those things where... It's never really explained, I think, why 
real life people can't know about this because if they did know about it it would be a lot easier to catch the bad guys because then they could just inform on them to the ghost police like the same the same way like you have a lot of, you have a lot of movies where it's like we can't tell anybody there are aliens around because but we need to do this thing okay well why not because if you told people they'd get used to it eventually and well, then they could help you just well, don't I, put on those sunglasses yeah <laughs> and to that point like, as like with men in black i don't i don't understand why the aliens have to hide but that makes more sense. That like Men in Black, it makes more sense. Like the idea that there's a government agency that, like for whatever reason, wants to keep the peace, like by like keeping it quiet. I don't know. Like that makes more sense. But but this is like Space religious cops. religious fervor would set the world afire, Elliot. <laughs> yeah, because that's not happening already. But as no, we've a religious fervor would immediately totally collapse into one religion because they'd be like, oh, this is how the system works. So what you're works. saying is you'd prefer one religion, is that it? I would say that I would, yeah, then, then constant religious war, yes, I would prefer that. Thanks, Star Trek. <laughs> but as we've, as we've fainted out already, like this, is, this movie's like a real slam up between uh, Men in Black and Ghostbusters, yeah. but much, much worse than either. But like we were talking about during the movie, you know, you were, you were, you were uh, forwarding a mild defense saying that the of what the this premise? Movie? Well, no, oh, well, just of the, the basic premise of Ghost. Police. The premise of Ghostbusters uh, is dumb, but it was done well. So, like, the movie was. I good. think it's not as dumb a premise as this. Well, that's the thing. But like, that a lot of very good movies have really stupid premises when you right. do if they were done poorly. For instance, and this is an example I used: King Kong, fantastic movie, one of my favorites of all time, has a premise that has been done so poorly so many times, <laughs> and it's like. Oh yeah, when a movie's done poorly, then a story about a giant gorilla seems right. really stupid. <laughs> but but I would argue that there is something inherently s- smarter about the Ghostbusters premise than this premise, which is that th- that go- pe- people are catching ghosts. Well, yeah, in Ghostbusters, it's presented as like a bunch of idiots who don't necessarily <laughs> understand all of the forces they're fucking. They all with have doctorates going out to uh, like treat ghosts as if they like they're exterminators. <laughs> Whereas in this movie, it's like. Uh, people who have died and theoretically should know better like working on behalf of some I don't know like uh, organizing force in the universe to to catch these ghosts and I think that's a lot dumber than the idea of like oh some normal Joes are gonna like go out and catch ghosts it is dumber I'm just saying I would I think there's a good way to do a movie about ghost police who catch ghost crooks mm-hmm. or maybe not even a movie like that could be like a crappy TV show that's fun, you know. And if the and if it's done well, you don't you don't spend as much time thinking about the stupid bullshit. Yes. So this was done poorly, and as a result, when they go to the evidence locker in in the ghost cop police precinct, so they're taking matter from the from the real world realm. and bringing it to this ghost realm. They which and, is only a police station. That's yes, the only thing. But their that evidence does. locker has a lot of like gears and like it's a big piece of machinery yeah, that they like have the, to operate. The Lionsgate logo. And it does look a lot like the Lionsgate <laughs> logo. And you're wondering like, well this is they basically have magic. So like why do they need all these machines to do this? Why don't they just have like a magic room where they keep this stuff? Yeah, they don't need to worry about force and physics and Yeah. Stuff. The and fi- ladders. I mean, they, <laughs> there's the part where there's a, there's a part where Ryan <laughs> Reynolds important invention. Mary, Magnets. Well, there's a part where Mary Louise Parker is is bringing Ryan Reynolds through their like file room, and they're just walking on air from one door to another. There's no floor; it's just this. And, th- let, and, and, and let uh, me tell you guys, it looks super realistic. It, oh yeah, it doesn't look CGI-ish like at all, like everything else in this movie that just looks like computers. But there's a guy on a really tall ladder opening up a file, and it's like, 
Well, if they don't need a floor, why does he need a ladder? Like, I don't understand. Can't he just fly around? He's a ghost. Anyway, mm-hmm. there's a lot of not really. Maybe about maybe this. he's a human who just works in the ghost. Oh, precinct. so you, yeah. so he they just they had an ad in the paper. That's a rough commute, by the way. <laughs> yeah, got to get go outside and get sucked up into the uh, sky vortex, and then you go to your your job. How do you get home? Uh, you wait. I, I don't know. You have Ryan Reynolds take you? I don't know. Yeah, I guess he drives you there. Takes oh, no. you through well, the magical toilet that they travel. It <laughs> goes into a VCR repair <laughs> shop. Because here's the thing: they learn. You learn that you can. There's this one portal between the ghost precinct and Boston, which is the bathroom of a VCR repair shop. Uh, and the two partners, uh, Jeff Bridges and Ryan Reynolds, don't get along at first. Why would they? It's a movie. Eventually, they win each other's trust and respect, blah, blah, blah. They go to... But not that much. But not that much. They still don't like each other. I feel like the movie kind of just no, no, glosses well, over that. That's well, for they, part two and part three, dude. Eventually. No, I mean, they're friends at the end. It's just that, like... They, they just don't really put that much energy into this uh, they don't, odd couple pairing. They don't really do much to win each other over. Yeah. And eventually, it's like they just kind of stop... They just forget that they don't like each other. Yeah, and suddenly, they like each other. Like, normally, there's a scene where they go out for, like, ghost noodles at, like... Goodles. <laughs> Like the ghost guy's favorite, like hole in the wall ghost doodle joints. Doodle and, joint. Yeah. And there would actually be some effort defining Ryan Reynolds' character beyond the fact that he stole gold one time and has a wife. <laughs> yeah, all you. I those, mean, widow. Those are really his only his only characteristics. I guess he likes gold. So. And we have to assume is is totally kind of like a leprechaun. And we have to or? assume is is totally is totally ripped, but he never takes his shirt off, so we don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't need to take that shirt He's off. Ripped. He is. That's. I thought this movie was just ripped, and it was about guys working on their abs. <laughs> but it was about ghosts working out to get super, super built. But anyway, uh, so they go to Earth. He goes to his funeral, tries to approach his wife, but uh oh, the ghosts are seen in fake identities by living people, and uh, Ryan Reynolds is instead James Hong, an old Chinese man, mm-hmm. and. So he every time he tries to approach his wife, he just looks like an old Chinese man who's trying to touch her face, which is and the whole frightening. S- the sequence is when done a almost as sensitive to- as uh, in Spawn. <laughs> 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 they are going for that. They're going for this is the heartbreaking moment when his wife doesn't recognize him. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's really like all you can think is like, man, you look. This is super creepy. You're just a stranger right. walking up and trying to touch her face. Well, and. Uh, and Jeff Bridges. And who at, walks up and touches somebody's face anyway? Even if it's somebody you love, you just walk up and touch their face. That's weird. Well, faces are very touchable in, sometimes. In public? Yeah, yeah. It's but legal now. Jeff Bridges' avatar is a hot lady, some Victoria's Secret model whose name escapes me. But the movie treats like the very existence. The name escapes him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not like he's not going to Google it later. Uh, he's going to Google something. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> The movie treats the R.I.P.D. hot oh, lady boy. nude. That's what he's going to go feet. <laughs> yeah, that's that is. He's going to say, "Did you mean R.I.P.D. hot lady nude feet?" <laughs> I was just going to say that this movie treats the very existence of hot ladies and elderly Asian men as, as a, hilarious as, <laughs> as a punchline as in and of itself. Punchline. Like, there's no, no need for extra jokes. <laughs> there's no complications. <laughs> Actually, like, there are actual scenes where it could be funny to, like, cut to the other person doing the thing. That Ryan Reynolds or Jeff Bridges do. Yeah, but they just don't do it. They don't do it. Uh, well, we lear- <laughs> We also learned that... Uh, Why are I, PD? We, we, we should get, go through the, the rest of the plot real fast. You learn, they learn that 
Cumin powder makes uh, deados who are in disguise reveal themselves as monsters. They chase one down, and he vomits up a bunch of gold. Uh, and it looks like the gold Ryan Reynolds stole. Turns out it's magic gold. <laughs> they give it to Mike O'Malley, who's like a Red Sox guy, who gives it to Kevin Bacon. Because it's Bastin. Because it's yep. Bastin. And he's, got a, he's not wearing a hat. Yeah, uh, Tea party. <laughs> Am I right? Yep. 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 Hot lava. <laughs> Did you already say beans earlier? <laughs> yep, we've okay. covered beans. Beans? Okay, other Boston stuff. <laughs> uh, Cobblestones. Uh, cream pie? Did you say cream pie earlier? <laughs> Wicked fighting. <laughs> I don't, know. don't know what's going Wicked on. Wicked video. <laughs> have, you, have you been to Boston, Dan? <laughs> Viva la France. <laughs> no, no, that's not what it is. Okay. Empire State Building. <laughs> Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Sydney Opera House. <laughs> Tokyo Tower. <laughs> Big Statue of Jesus in Rio de Janeiro. Perfect. Yep. Leaning Tower of Pisa in Boston. It's pizza. Leaning <laughs> Tower of Pizza. Uh, anyway... Uh, this movie is so dumb. I feel such. Maybe so they got they got the magic gold. They put that shit in the while, evidence locker. I feel locker. So, like such a waste of my time. Okay, to, so they go they go they on the hunt. Gold they go on something. the hunt for more gold because Kevin Bacon's collecting all this magic stupid gold. Uh, they they find there's a deado. They chase after him, and he goes, "I'm tired of hiding," and leads them on a merry chase. Destructive uh, on a destructive rampage through the city. Long it gets story short, caught on TV. They get the gold. They don't get the gold. Oh, no, they, oh, do. No, they got that gold. Oh, they do get the gold, but they get suspended. Uh, and so the next day, they get suspended, and they're told, tomorrow's your disciplinary <laughs> hearing. So I guess now do whatever. Card blown. Or you might get erased. You might get erased Live forever. like you're dying, dude. But until then, just kind of go wherever and do whatever. Yeah, that's what they call it, right? Double dog day. <laughs> uh, they find out that the gold they, they picked up uh, is part of something called the Staff of Jericho, a mystical device that will, instead of having of dead people leave the earth and go to dead place, they'll come back down to Heaven. earth, thus destroying the earth. Uh, In a real uh, Avengers-style tunnel full of stuff. Vortex. Yeah. Kevin Bacon reveals that he's been an evil deado all along. They arrest him and they take him to the police station, but hey, this is a movie, so being arrested and taken to the police station was part of his plan the whole time. Yeah. Even though he still went for a gun when <clears throat> they came to pick him up. He pulled uh, a real Joker Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> <laughs> a Benedict Joker batch. I wonder in real life how many criminals are arrested and try and psych out the police <laughs> by being like, how do you know this isn't part of my old plan, buddy? That would be... They're a- like, you're on crystal meth. Stop talking to me. <laughs> You saw Dark Knight. Why do you think I let you catch me when I was breaking into that ATM? There's a phone in your stomach. There's not a phone in my stomach. <laughs> yes, there. Well, I'm con. No, you're not. But uh, it's just one of many plot twists that we've, we've seen in other movies, but RIPD was like, hey, who cares if they've seen it before? We're going to do it. We're going to make it all computer animated and not really put much attention oh, to it. Anyway, they escape with all the gold. The Dedos go back to Earth. They're going to build this Jericho Tower thing to bring all the dead people. They kidnap uh, Ryan Reynolds' wife because she's got to be the sacrifice for it because it runs on living blood. Uh, there's a big action sequence at the end. Why the bad and, guy take her? You could have taken anybody, right? Well, he says I didn't. It didn't need to be her, but I wanted to get a last dig on Ryan Reynolds. No, that's stupid though. Because like, he that's, didn't like Van. He's Wilder. just asking for it. <laughs> 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 
He liked the sequel, though. <laughs> Goes right, comes right. The one about Rise of Taj. He thought Cal Penn was pretty funny. He thought Taj was a character with a lot of a lot of what about Taj? possibility. <laughs> what? What's his story? <laughs> no, but we've seen the rise of Taj. What's he going to do now that he's risen? <laughs> and it was it like the rise of Cobra, <laughs> or more like the Revenge of the Fallen? Yeah, you really expect to see the fall of Taj and then the redeeming of Taj. The re-rise of Taj, like yeah. a Taj Phoenix. <laughs> Taj yeah, it's, like the, it's, like the, it's like the Colors trilogy. <laughs> yep, it's like, that's exactly what it's like. It's like the Decalogue. Uh, so there's a big fight, and the good guys win in the end. And it, this movie is so rote and by the numbers. Oh boy, is Just it? imagine Men in Black... But not done but quite as well. Aliens with ghosts. The aliens are ghosts. Instead of Will Smith, it's Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Instead of Jeff Bridges, it's Tommy Lee Jones. And Wait, otherwise, you, you, that's the yeah, movie. You switch that all around, I think, but that's okay. I'm sorry, uh, and they have magic bullets. Did he say it, that? Yeah, they have they magic, have magic bullets. bullets that kill ghosts. Uh, <laughs> and they're at the end, uh, they're reinstated on the force. Uh, the city of Boston is destroyed by these weird ghost <laughs> vortexes. Uh, except it's back up and running Vortices. days Vortices, later. thank you. <laughs> this is one of those movies where the city of Boston, yeah, like parking garages are collapsing, cars oh, no. are raining from the sky, there's people getting hurt, and then like a couple days later, they're just walking around and everything's fine. Yeah. It's like the movie... Hey, Boston survives, dude. It does. That's well, the true. main reason Boston survives it is is it's the fakest looking city. <laughs> Yeah, I've ever seen in a movie. Uh, yeah, it, it it's so everything's so fake looking in this movie, and it feels. I was saying to them to to Dan Stewart while we were watching. It felt like it was taking place in the city playset that like Ghostbusters toy commercials were shot in, <laughs> where there were a lot of fake buildings and there was nobody on the streets, of course, because there were. It was just a place for the Ghostbusters to fly their ecto chopper around, you know, and shoot some big ghost demon. Yeah, it was it was all a combination. It's called the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man of obvious. <laughs> they, no, they didn't. It wasn't always the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Uh, but, obvious backlot lot sets and CGI. Yeah, the entire thing. But there's a lot of. I got to give them points for style. Every oh, shot has a lot don't. of style. There's a lot of zooms. There's a lot of slow mo. Yeah. There's a lot of off kilter angles. There's a lot of color changes. This is the type of action movie that George Lucas would see and be like, "This is a gritty and realistic depiction of violence." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what's uh, weird is he just watched Ms. Forty Five before it too. <laughs> uh, One thing I wanted to call out. I um, apologize. I want to apologize to everybody about uh, my lack of interest in this movie <laughs> after watching it. It really was like if this movie had more James Hong in it, I think it would might have kept my attention more. But it was so like, all right, here's the scene where they he gets he sees the police station for the first time. Then his partner gets introduced shooting a bad guy who gets loose. Then they go here, and he has to deal with the fact that he's a ghost. They don't tell him, of course. He has to learn it by doing something stupid. Here's sure? some reaction shots of people seeing a beautiful blonde and an old Chinese actor hanging out together. Yeah, as if they couldn't be friends. Come on, why not? Who says they can't? Maybe they're married. Why not? Are you, are you sure? Life's not- about differences, you know? Yeah, come on. Opposites attract, just like MC Scat Cat said. <laughs> are you sure you're not pulling a, you know what, guys? Now that I have a kid, I understand. No, no, it's not one of those. R.I.P.D. is <laughs> not what's important in this life. No, you know what? When you have children, you'll understand. You, you, I mean, don't, you, you guys don't you get don't this know. because you've never created a life. Yeah. But there's not a lot of How room for R.I.P.D. Dan has probably created many lives. That's mm-hmm. true. That's true. Well, he's created many enemies. Is that the same thing? Yeah. Um, but I, it really felt I, like this movie, it felt like the people making it put so little effort into it. Aside from the people, I guess, who are rendering 
computer graphics who put a lot of work in, I'm sure. Yeah. But everything was so... It's like they bought... It's like they paid someone who worked on Men in Black to buy the outline for the movie, and then they just changed stuff in it. Um, to return... Like they went, they, got, they got the opposing team's playbook. And they, <laughs> they paid some slimy guy who like held a, a boom mic on Men in Black to... Yeah. To give them the secrets. To return briefly to um, the, Ghostbusters? Lo- the logic problems with this film, okay. I just want to highlight one thing, which is when Ryan Reynolds throws uh, Jeff Bridges in front of a bus and <clears throat> Jeff Bridges gets run over, which is he's fine because he's a ghost, whatever. <laughs> he can't. Except that the people on the bus have just seen a beautiful woman get run over by a bus. Yeah, this is and, my and, I get, and it just cuts to the next scene after something else happens that you're going to talk about. Are you concerned but, that a lot of people on that bus are now going to be Googling a beautiful woman run over by bus as yeah, a new feet. fetish? Feet nude, yeah. But what's weird is that I assume they would try to help her. Nobody questions why this woman is alive while a bus is on top of her. They're supposed to like stay out of the public eye, but they do such a bad job of it. But everyone, it's like it's like a movie where it's like Dark City. Boston is Dark City, and every night the Bostonians <clears> go to bed and their memories get wiped, mm-hmm. and so they forget all the crazy shit they saw that day. But you were gonna say what he gets me, hit by a bus. He gets hit by a bus, and his his ten uh, gallon hat flies off in the wind, and he's like, "Oh my hat!" And uh, you just wonder, like, and he tries on hats for the rest of the movie. And there's when they talk to Michael Malley, they slyly put in a hat trying on montage. <laughs> So, but they should have just snuck it in because everyone's like everybody's bored of this scene. But you kind of don't care about following leads. And I got it. And I have to say, watching Jeff Daniels, uh, Jeff Daniels, Jeff Bridges Uh, try on hats is a lot more interesting than than anything. You're really delaying the payoff of this anecdote. So his hat flies off. The point is, it's not something that happened to you. It's a scene in the movie. (laughs) This anecdote. This one time I saw a ghost get run over. You're really ruining my personal memory. You're delaying the payoff of the point of this is, which is like. Is this a fucking ghost hat? Like, <laughs> why does he have this hat in the first place? Like, he loses here's the a hat and then he can't get another hat. Here's like, the thing. When he's a beautiful woman, he's not wearing a hat. Exactly. So the hat is part of his ghost clothes. Of course she's not wearing a hat. She doesn't need it. She's a babe. So did this hat die? <laughs> she doesn't need accessories. <laughs> did someone, someone shoot this hat? Did the, someone the pour hat. poison into this hat? Why? Same thing with his sunglasses. The he hat. wears sunglasses at one point. Clearly the which hat. Is, which is not from, like, when he's from. Like, he's from, like, the 1800s. So, like... He, he stole them from another ghost. ghost. Yeah. Somebody stepped he on their sunglasses. murdered a ghost and took their sunglasses. Somebody stepped on their sunglasses by accident. The sunglasses died and became a ghost, and he found them. Yeah. So here's what happened. That hat was a crooked cop's hat. And, <laughs> and, the, and, and the that hat, hat had one day till retirement. The hat was and hat heaven said, you can either join the RIPD or you can go to hat hell. <laughs> and so he was sitting on Jeff Bridges' head until he got blown off because the wind affects ghosts. <laughs> That's the other thing. The ghosts have corporeal bot. There's a part. Yeah, do you think the hat's like, I'm free of my curse? <laughs> yeah. a, a, light, my a light shines in. My work on earth is done. <laughs> <laughs> I've accomplished my last there's deed. A, there's a lady's cowboy hat and a beam of light. Oh, my, my grandma's hat is beckoning me into the bright light. But I, here's the thing. Ryan Reynolds is in. He goes. He agrees to join the RPD, and and Mary Lee goes. This is gonna sting, and or this is gonna tickle, or something. And a it does neither burns into his chest, and it's like, wait a minute, hold on a second. He's a ghost, but he can feel pain, and he has a physical body that like can have things burned into it. Why yeah. don't they just go down as invisible ghosts and catch the crooks? It'd be a lot easier. Well, also if they can interact with matter. Why not just give him a fucking RIPD badge that does not burn into that his he could skin just put like on his coat? It yeah. seems a lot cheaper, like to just fabricate a fucking badge <laughs> instead of have to do some kind of special effect. 
It, anyway. it I could whip that up in like 10 minutes. Give me some fucking <laughs> papier mache or whatever. That's a very gambit way to say it. Uh, Rogue some papier mache, mon chéri. What's he doing? Uh, like making her a fucking I wish, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wish so much that we could kiss over this well, papier mache. Uh, one, one, one of their Xavier's gifted academy uh, projects was in Volcano. <laughs> Because it's still a school, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Just because he's a thirty-year-old Cajun man doesn't mean he doesn't have to go to science 30, class. I think you're being charitable. <laughs> I was being nice. He's clearly about thirty-seven. Yeah, he's whatever age Jean Claude Van Damme was when Wizard wanted to cast him in the role. <laughs> he's whatever age. It's not creepy for him to be hanging out with Young Storm. Yeah, um, that's true. I forgot about that. We, so we should move on. What to we're it. saying is the logic of RIPD <laughs> and the metaphysics is, are not totally. Lacking. Not totally well thought through. But we should move on to final So the judgments. hat that Mary Louise Parker gives <laughs> no, him no. later on. That's a real is that hat. A, that's a real hat. She just bought it. It's in a bag still. Yeah. She didn't get that bag. Like, she didn't smother a hat, and then now that's the hat goes. <laughs> Smothered it with the bag. Yeah. I wish that it cut to the real Boston <laughs> PD, and there's an outline of a, of a hat on the ground. <laughs> Another hat murder. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> it's like, a, there's, a, there's a hat serial killer We're seeing there. too many good hats get killed. We gotta protect his rights. What about the rights of that hat? <laughs> Don't you care about its rights? Uh, this is great. Stuff. And they they we walk gotta... into they walk into the evidence dungeon oh, and there's just brims nailed to the wall. <laughs> they open up the fridge and there's like a cap in there. You sick fuck. <laughs> <laughs> there's, yeah, there's a hat band. Um, anyway, a hat band like a bunch of hats that play music together. <laughs> yep. And they have a shark playing drums. <laughs> why, why is Jabberjaw in this band? It, can, it doesn't have to be Jabberjaw. Why are you scared? <laughs> I'm sorry, we a different shark who plays drums. Um, no, I, he's I, always annoyed I, that everybody assumes that he's Jabberjaw. I'm not, you know, I, just because I'm a shark who plays drums doesn't mean I'm Jabberjaw. That's racist <laughs> to say that all sharks who play drums look alike. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't do the accent, by the way. No, so, no. Okay, well, uh, we should move and on. His to name is Jaws Ulrich. Final judgments. <laughs> That's not bad. Was this a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie you kind of like? Stu, go. Oh, man. Uh, it was probably a great, amazing movie. Wait, did, was that an option? No, it's it's a bad, bad movie. Um, it was way less fun than I was hoping for. There's way too many special effects. Nothing seems to have any weight. Uh, Kevin Bacon seems to have a little bit of fun, and Jeff Bridges kind of does, except he can't understand his accent, really. He really, Jeff Bridges... Really I think he hammed it, it up, up a little too much. Yeah, and he mush mouths it too much. He's having fun, <clears throat> maybe, yeah. doing it. Yeah. I say this is a bad, <laughs> bad movie. There was a time uh, toward the end of the movie where Elliot was like, are either of you guys' eyes not working anymore? <laughs> yeah, there was a certain point where it was so CGI and so bad that I was just seeing colors moving yeah. around on screen. I think my eyes were like when, you, like when your computer goes to sleep. That's what it was like. And I kind of felt that way through most of the movie. You I don't just get was... a collage of like Facebook pictures or anything. <laughs> yeah, all, what I was seeing was flying toasters. Yeah, the movie of your life. Uh, but this, yeah, this just—it <laughs> was I dying. <laughs> my life was flashing from my eyes. Yeah. That's remember? what happens when my computer falls asleep. <laughs> your computer dies each time, and it's just remembering its life. <laughs> Remembers the when it woke up at the factory, <laughs> the first time you booted it up, when you installed all those uh, this, the the. Uh, any type of you know video games or whatever when you looked at porn that kind sounds of stuff. like a really awkward version of her. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I didn't I didn't care for the 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 fakiness or or the boringness of this. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah, I and I agree. It was I it felt so bl- bland and boring and not fun and nobody putting any creative effort into it except Jeff Bridges, I guess. 
and not enough James Hong. What about um, all the action? You like that? I like action, but there was like, there was one when they were chasing that one guy. It was an okay action sequence. Otherwise, not very good action. So I also give this a bad bad. Okay, so moving on to uh, just <coughs> another word from another sponsor. We are uh, rolling in sponsors. This we week. are very popular when it comes to sponsors. Um, I just, but we're also very selective of our sponsors. Yeah, and we need sponsors because we have drug and alcohol problems. No, 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 no. Okay. Um, so um, just want to uh, put in a word for our delightful sponsors over at Warby Parker. Um, if you need to wear spectacles, like say two thirds of the flop house, or yeah, Elliot or I, or if you're just a cool dude and you want some sunglasses, like Stuart, then why don't you look into Warby Parker? Okay, they believe <laughs> that sold. <laughs> well, that was easy. <laughs> they believe the glasses should not be so expensive, and I agree. No, I disagree. Glasses should be expensive. <laughs> Whatever, nerdlinger. Oh, man. No wonder I have no friends. Um, their prescription glasses start at $95 with with the prescription lenses included. That is a fantastic price. Uh, their titanium collection starts at $145. I assume that's their... So you can buy multiple pairs to match cool. with your, I don't know, T-shirts or sweaters or mm-hmm. whatever you guys wear. I mean, whatever you wear, yeah. Uh, every belt buckles. <laughs> pants, hats, <laughs> gloves. Scorpion belt buckles. <laughs> capes. Mm-hmm. Half capes. All of these would go deliciously with Warby Parker glasses. Bernouses. <laughs> uh, Whalebone corsets. All their glasses have anti-reflective and anti-glare coating with no additional cl- cost. And here's the thing. Say goodbye to glare. Mm-hmm. They make it easy. You, uh, what you do is you log on to their site. You get to che- you check out the frames that they have <laughs> on offer. And you can select up to five frames to be sent to you. For home try-on. Five so frames? Like, yeah. Well, it's an embarrassment of riches. Well, to try them on. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's like, the going, it's like going to the store and trying on glasses, but you don't even have to go to the store. Mm-hmm. The store <laughs> comes to you. Yeah. You can keep the frames for five days before sending them back free of charge with a prepaid returning shipping label. And uh, when, you repl- when you place an order for glasses, they'll get started on them right away and have them in your hands within 10 business days. That's fast, man. For glasses. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I, I don't have to they shop for glasses, but up. you guys seem pretty yeah, you excited. you got to grind those lenses mm-hmm. the same way that Van Leeuwenhoeken had to when he invented the microscope. And here's one thing, too. For every <laughs> pair of glasses sold, they distribute a pair to someone in need. So you can feel charitable just because your eyes don't work good. <laughs> or apparently your vocabulary. <laughs> um... But it's good stuff, so it's very inexpensive glasses. You can try them on before you buy them on. They donate glasses to charity when you buy glasses. You can do it all through the mail. I don't see a downside. Yeah. So if you're interested in this uh, delightful deal, just go to warbyparker.com slash housecat. That's our personalized URL. That tells them that the flap house sent you. And it also, you know that the housecat, these are the sunglasses that he wears. Yeah, of course. He wouldn't be caught... Dead in anything else. Is that an RIPD bud? Uh, I don't know. Um, so, Warby Parker, for all your eyeglasses or sunglasses needs, tell them the Flophouse sent you to their website for glasses. <laughs> but also, we want to take a moment to spotlight another one of our friends over at All Things Comedy. Oh, that's our network. Yeah. 
Um, this week, we're spotlighting uh, comedy film nerds. I don't know who in the Flophouse audience would be interested in a podcast titled Comedy Film Nerds. That seems hmm. 100% out of their purview. Let's look at the Venn diagram. Mm-hmm. Oh, nope, it's just a circle. <laughs> Matches <laughs> completely. So uh, this is hosted by Chris Mancini and Graham Elwood. Um, and uh, they uh, actually have a, their own book, too, The Comedy Film Nerds Guide to Movies. But uh, they're also running a Kickstarter for a documentary called Earbuds, a movie about podcasting. <laughs> Two ears who are friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a Pixar film. <laughs> they're on, they're on different heads. Ears. <laughs> they're on different. Oh, that's the that's the twist. But they want to be on the same head. Uh, but if you no, they're uh, on the same head and they get separated. <laughs> they have to find each other in the big city. Okay, it's like body parts. <laughs> but if you would like to see a documentary about uh, about podcasting, and who wouldn't? Who wouldn't really? Unless you're a monster. <clears throat> I was going to say a monster. Search comedy film nerds like on Pinhead. Kickstarter. And, uh... <laughs> Pinhead, I don't think it's like, Pinhead would hate I'd that. like to see that documentary. <laughs> yeah. He would take that documentary in DVD form and throw it into your face. <laughs> yeah. And then you'd have a DVD stuck in your face forever. So comedy film nerds. kind of erotic. Yeah. It would rip erotic. your clothes off. Well, there's, there's, such the a, there's such a thin line between pain and pleasure yeah. if you're a Cenobite. Uh, so comedy film nerds. Listen to it. Check it out. Warby Parker, buy some glasses. Pro Flowers, buy some flowers. Um, but now... <laughs> R.I.P.D., stay away from that. <laughs> Do not buy... Do not touch bad. <laughs> if you see a copy of R.I.P.D., call the police. And I don't mean the ghost police. Call the real police so that they can kill whoever left it there. There's definitely a point in our I.P.D. where... In where our the, I.P.D.? Our, yeah, our I.P.D. Or Our initial IPD. public doffering. Uh... <laughs> That's when you, the first time you doff your cap in public. <laughs> yep, it's your initial public doffering. <laughs> There's a moment where these uh, ghost cops are running around, and they don't really seem to have a real crime to solve. They're just goofing They're just and chasing gold. gold. <laughs> they might have called it gold chasers. Chasing the gold. That's, <laughs> yes. That's a scene where they should have had like a scene over ghost noodles or whatever where they catch up and like learn Goodness. about how you know they're not that different after all. Yeah, they're both ghosts. That, that scene doesn't exist, though. Um, but now, this is the time where we read a few letters from listeners. And um, like, How does that start, that segment, usually? I don't. There's usually no... I feel, like, I feel like there's, there's, no something, there's something start. inside me I that I have to let out, but it feels so unfamiliar, and letters. I don't know what it is, but I guess I'll just do it. I don't on. know. <laughs> it's the letter segment. It's letter time for you and me, and you as well, Dan, and you, Stuart, and you, the listener, and you, that cat. It's time for the letters for all. Letters for us and letters for tall. Letters for short, letters for wide, letters for thin, letters side to side, letters all around, letters up and down, letters in here, letters in there. Letters in your hair, letters everywhere, okay. letters that can scare, letters <laughs> I bear, letters for everyone here and there and there. Okay. Letter bag is brought to you by this show. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, before we get into letters, I just want to—I wa- I want to make a personal uh, plea. I sang the song, and now the letters are not going mean, to follow make, post with. I want to make a personal plea. I we, write more letters that compliment Dan. Please. We, no, no. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. We appreciate every letter that we get. Every but, letter is a precious snowflake. But if you can, try and keep it a little short. Or failing that, 
write the letter in uh, easily broken apart pieces. So if maybe we want to plot just one one bit of the letter to read on air. Yeah, perforated. Yeah. Um, and keep keep those jokes short because we're going to interrupt it like a million times. <laughs> yeah, these Dan is going to get super mad. Dan gonna, knows. Dan knows. We interrupt a, him if, all the if time. If there's a delayed punchline or a callback, it may not be It will not to. land because we'll have interrupted it. Um, but write really complicated words and sentences. Because <laughs> yeah. Dan reads them wrong, and then we can make fun of him about it. <laughs> so this first letter um, is from Mick, last name withheld. He says, yo, floppers, big fan of the podcast. Thanks, Mick. I have not listened. Yo, <laughs> yo, right Jesus back Christ, at you, which is Spanish for I. I haven't listened in order from the beginning, so I don't know your origin story. What circumstances? Well, Dan was bitten by a radioactive nothing. <laughs> Stuart is from the planet Cool Balls, and I'm just your regular vampire private eye. What? What circumstances could have forged a movie podcasting alliance between Elliot and two people who seemingly never slash rarely watch real movies? P.S. What's Dan's first language? How do Elliot and Stuart always know what he means? Is it like a Han Solo Chewbacca situation where the audience is just supposed to suspend their disbelief? And also, he only wears a bandolier, nothing else. Maybe you could do the prequel explaining Filled this. with bowcaster bolts, I guess? They look like fucking... Like, the cartridges like for bowcaster, yeah. Um, They're boxes of chiclets. Because <laughs> Chewbacca has a sweet tooth. <laughs> we've, uh, we've actually talked about our origin story, how we all like got to know each other before. I actually honestly wanted to read this letter mainly to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Seemingly never, will rarely watch real movies. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Stuart, we, yeah, doesn't. But Dan, he occasionally does. I have, just, I, because, just because I don't talk about classic Hollywood as much as Elliot doesn't mean that I don't have a grounding in. You know, uh, they show all kinds of shit on planes now, oh dude. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Dan's preferred movie theater, The Airplane. I'll have you know that. I'll have you know that I am a film school dropout, friends. Yeah, I mean, I know there's internet evidence to prove you're watching Sudden Death with Jean-Claude Van Damme a couple nights ago. <laughs> um, and if that's not cinema, then I don't know what is. No, but Elliot knows quite well that I have, I'm very conversant in classic He's, Yeah, well-versed, well-versed. Um, he watches real movies, real in quotes, all the time. <laughs> and I watch real sex when I get the chance. <laughs> Pervasoid on the march. <laughs> and Stuart watches real movies, too. It's not all, Usually, it's because his wife wants to watch like a rom-com, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a real movie, right? I mean, it's slightly more real than like Head of the Family. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> First off, there's real actors in that. <laughs> that's true. You can't tell me that head isn't real. <laughs> you, know how many hard, you know how many... Jack Lynn Lavelle, dude, She's the body on that one. <laughs> you know how few roles there are for heads? They're <laughs> <laughs> sure. not making that Nexus movie. <laughs> Sure. For fans of Nexus out there. Yeah, they're um, not Modoc. The Modoc movies <laughs> the are coming out. That Modoc series. <laughs> uh, moving on. This is, this is from Brad, last name with hell. Hey, Brad. Brad Cooper. Hi, guys. Love the show. I've listened to a ton of your episodes, and you continuously crack me up. Before I forget, Elliot's friend John asked me to deliver a message. Parentheses. Picks up Elliot's stapler. This is mine now, nerd. And while walking away, I'm supposed to shout that Dan isn't always better than you, but you're also really funny, too, so I'm not going to do that. I'm taking your stapler, though. Oh, thanks. Well... So apparently Brad had a Hodgman... uh, (laughs) Apparently either was involved with Hodgman or Hodgman told him to do something or he imagined it. Yeah. But uh, here's the thing. Hodgman wouldn't take a stapler. He'd take something I wanted, uh, like a toy or like a personal object, you know, like a wallet or something like that. Here's something that happened. When when you became head writer... Two tickets to see, I don't know, Justin Bieber or something? Uh, yeah, yeah, because I want both seats. <laughs> yeah. One for me and one for my crush. When, when you became head writer, he walked into my room and uh, 
picked up my Nerf uh, gun and I thought, okay, well, now it's happening to me. Uh, but he just wanted to take it down the hall to shoot at you. Yep, yep. And then he returned it to me. <laughs> he and but he so. bought me a, a this huge Nerf gun. It's enormous <laughs> and it fires the the pellets because the, they're not suction cup thingies. They're just like little Nerf bullets. So hard and so of course he shot me with one of them and it stung really bad. It's a little late for you to slap together that rocket raccoon audition tape. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's never too late. Never too late. Called up your pal Harry Knowles to shoot the video for you. I'll do it in the sequel. Yeah. Um, so Maybe this... I'll be in the Rocky Raccoon movie. <laughs> this letter is from Will and Craig, last name withheld. Oh, two people at one time? <laughs> it's titled... Now, do they have the same last name or different last names? I don't know. It's titled Road Trippin' with a Flophouse. Dear Dan, Stewart, and Housecat... My Am friend, not, Craig, not last name withheld, and I wanted to let you know that we drove from Seattle to Austin this week and listened drive. to about one million episodes of your podcast en route. This is my third or fourth time through the back catalog, but Craig's first exposure to the Flophouse. He immediately took a liking to Dan and decided he hated Elliot. Wow. <laughs> going so far. So he shares the same taste as the internet. Going so far as to constantly mock the way Elliot says, and I'm Elliot Kane. And Dan's cat. Each episode. Fuck you, Elliot. Typically followed. <laughs> really? Just because I introduced Wait, there's myself? A, there's a turnaround coming. However, a few days and several hundred miles later, Craig had decided that actually he'd, he'd like he and Elliot to be the best of friends. You see, they share the same affinity for constantly trolling everyone, especially Dan, who has trouble speaking English. <laughs> I don't know if I call that trolling. It's affectionate ribbing. Craig has his own problems with our language. as evidenced numerous, numerous times on the road trip when he took required attempts. What's a road tip? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing to know when you're going out on the road. <laughs> when he took required attempts to get a simple sentence out. I think you also have trouble with the language, uh, <laughs> sir. Uh, <laughs> But squealed in glee each and every time Elliot caught Dan in a similar misspeaking incident. The moral of the story, if Elliot has any interest in visiting Austin... I do. Craig would certainly buy him some Popeyes. Thanks for passing the time so well we dro- as we drove through Wyoming, South New Mexico, and other assholes of America. <laughs> wow. Love. P.S. Also free David Kalen. Nope. David Kalen will continue to stay imprisoned in the bottle city of Candor, <laughs> where they have no sports. <laughs> it's the worst punishment no. of all. Arrgh. It wouldn't be so bad being tiny if they had a tiny football team. Uh, I I think if him going from hating me to loving me over the course of a car ride is more a Stockholm syndrome type thing. <laughs> he, he started he started connecting with me as a captor. Yeah, I have one last. But thank you for I, writing it. I have one last surprise for you guys. Okay, for you're our, a woman. Um, for this our is just like the end home. of just one of the guys. Dan just ripped open his shirt to reveal boobs. These gifts came in. What? Um, around the holidays. And I've been saving them since Elliot's been on paternity leave. Yeah, it says happy holidays. It's all wrapped up. My name's so on it. This comes. Uh, There's a snowman. I like that it's not, uh, it's not you know, Christian this, or this anything. Comes yeah. with, this comes with note cards that say read after unwrapping um, from Sam. I'm going to mispronounce this. Duncalio? Duncalio. Um, but uh, thank you, Sam. Duncalio. For these uh, gifts. Oh, so you do? You, I you, already unwrapped mine. I because you, you have no patience. No, mine. Uh, mine is fifteen films of horror. I also he also gave me the remake of Sleuth, which I left at work because I don't Whoa. care about the remake of Sleuth. And they gave me Six String Samurai, a movie I was just thinking about the other day. And he gave me a Mon Apocalypse of Devil Man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now this I'm going to read the notes. Thank you very much, sir. 
Um, floppy belated holidays, he writes. Big fan, wanted to share a few DVDs from my personal collection. Please enjoy or possibly enjoy not enjoying them, as the case may be. For Dan, a Michael Caine movie I never bothered to unwrap, plus a not terrible collection of old horror flicks. For Elliot, a terribly pretentious slash just terrible movie about a guy who wanders the desert playing a guitar or some shit. I don't know if it's terrible so much mm, as I'm gonna just back not him up. great. There's also a kid following him or he uh, rescues him or blah, blah, blah. It's artiness is so heavy-handed that I know it was the one for Elliot. For Stuart, a hyper-gory anime that probably is uh, legitimately damaged my psyche. It's from the Devilman series, which is a in another movie. Includes women, demons getting their boobs torn off in battle. Yes, you read that right. No ding-dong ripping, though. Sorry. Okay. That's all. Keep on flopping. <laughs> yes. I guess if it's good for the gander. And Stuart tosses it into the bin. <laughs> P.S. So basically you wanted to clear out your DVD collection yeah. so you mailed it to I us. I think that's true. But the P- thought is nice. P.S. Dan, I know Elliot and Stuart seem more... I mean, more these th- were wrapped really well. Yeah, that's true. P.S. Dan, I know Elliot's and Stuart seem more thoughtful. They are. That's why you got two. Uh, no, I mean, yes, I did leave, as I said, uh, sleuth at work because I don't care about it. But these, uh, this, <laughs> this collection of 15 classic horror movies. There's some is good not movies bad. on there. Or not I'm bad. Sure, Last I'm sure Man the, on Earth is on there. I'm sure the fact that there's like there's 15 on them on three discs means that the, uh, oh, the quality is, is very great, high. But, <laughs> very high. Sure. But there's some stuff in there that uh, looks great. Yeah, very Carnival good. of Souls. That's a good movie. Yeah. Night of the Living Dead. That's a fantastic movie. So, yeah, send us gifts, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Thank so you. I guess Thank yeah. You. Feel free to send us gifts now. Thank you very well, much, Sam. We may or may not open them on air. Um. But now I'm so glad there was not anthrax in there. Yeah. Uh. We should take a moment to recommend. To remember some our fallen friends. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. the R.I.P.D. Let's remember all the movies that have fallen in the last year. Can we roll that montage? We can't. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we shouldn't have spent all that time preparing it. It was really good. Uh, no, this is the part of the uh, podcast where we recommend movies that we actually liked in contrast to R.I.P.D. Um, Elliot, Which you've been loved. gone. <laughs> Why don't you start us off? Well, my movie watching of late has been uh, slightly less curtailed. frequent. Yeah, curtailed due to my new responsibilities as a human taker carer. So you've mainly um, just been watching a lot of, what, Takeshi Miege movies? Or yeah, well, I want him to get, <laughs> in, 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 I wanted to get <laughs> embrace the classics early. Just stuff that's age appropriate, so you know, Cannibal Holocaust, that type of thing, uh, Ishii the Killer, and so forth. So, uh, but one movie I saw that I had not seen before that I liked a lot was Martin Scorsese's first film, "Who's That Knocking at My Door?" Which uh, I haven't. One of the big, one of the big problems again with the having a baby is I haven't gotten to see Wolf of Wall Street. So I decided, all right, I'll watch, instead of seeing his most recent movie, I'll see <coughs> his first movie. Uh, and it's interesting how, for a movie that is a first film, much of it taken from his student film that he made at NYU, I think, it really feels like a Martin Scorsese movie all the way through. Like, you're seeing a director who is going to develop into a better film craftsman, but all the things he wants to do, for the most part, are there. And uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was good. Uh, I'm going to take a page from Elliot's playbook and recommend two movies. Uh, I watched, number one, on Netflix streaming. Well, I actually watched both of these on Netflix streaming, although only one of them is still on Netflix streaming, the first one here, uh, which is a documentary called Ray Harryhausen, Special Effects Titan. Um, it's your typical uh It's your typical head. Ray Harryhausen documentary. <laughs> no, it's your typical talking head documentary. 
Um, and that David Burns in it. <laughs> a lot of directors who were influenced by Ray Harryhausen, but also a lot of footage of Ray Harryhausen, the man himself, before he passed away, and a generous helping of um, footage from Ray Harryhausen films. Uh, it's, it's, that never hurts, you know? No, it does not hurt. It's, it's great. It's kind of like a glorified... Unless it's the footage that he didn't work on, like the non-special effects scenes. Yeah. It's a glorified what? It could be, it could be thought of as a glorified DVD extra in in style but it's it's the best version of that it's uh it's an entertaining uh version of that about so a subject that's interesting it's not like those behind the scenes of sherlock shows they've been airing after sherlock i don't that are really Ugh. that feel that really do feel like a dvd extra that pbs is just padding out their mm-hmm. their schedule with no this is the good version of that oh, okay because those um, that those ones are a bad version of that about a worthy subject but also uh, and I can't believe I'm recommending this. I watched uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's <laughs> Sudden Death. I thought I already recommended that. <laughs> it's possible. Two um, recommendations for Sudden Death. It's uh, basically a Die Hard in a Hockey Stadium. And um, as I, I said... I think they called Arenas. As I said on the... Rink. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I, as I said on the Flophouse uh, uh, Facebook page... They used every part of the Buffalo in this movie, the Buffalo being that hockey stadium, <laughs> like every possible uh, mm. use of like they have even a, the Powers Booth Grotto. They have a, <laughs> they have a fight in the uh, the rink kitchen with uh, Van Damme and a lady in a uh, mascot costume that uses everything in a kitchen that can be used to kill somebody. Um, there's a scene in it where Van Damme uh, disguises himself as a hockey player and then gets called out on the ice to be a, be a goalie for a while. Um, it, and it has a villain who is so committed to the idea that like he's going to blow up the stadium exactly when the game's over that when the game goes into sudden death, he's like, well, gotta guess I got to hold off a little. <laughs> uh, so it's a very silly movie, but it's it's a fun movie if you're a fan of action movies of that era. So Stuart, what do you have? Um, <clears throat> I'm going to recommend a movie from this year. I don't. I don't know if we've talked about it already, but uh, I recently watched Captain Phillips uh-huh. with Thomas Hanks. Yeah, uh, and it, you know, this is a movie that has <laughs> got a lot of press, um, and I think I mean it's been nominated for a variety of awards. And not to throw out too yeah, many spoilers, the Hugo, but the Edgar, <laughs> yep, the, the Good Wars. Housekeeping, the Popular Mechanics, Best of What's New, <laughs> the Caldecott, the Newberry, the Cable Ace Award. <laughs> Uh, the best baby and world's greatest <laughs> grandpa. <laughs> Wait a minute. That changes every year? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I'm going to have to take a baby's mug back. <laughs> yeah. So, world's best baby. <laughs> it seems bullshit. It's not like the baby needs to fucking raise its spirits or something. What's the baby going to do? Wear that to the office to it's show a everybody? It's a lord. When the baby goes to work, he's got to drink his coffee out of something. It's that mug. Um, the Westminster Kennel Club, also <laughs> recognized Captain Phillips. So, uh, <laughs> I feel like Tom Hanks. One of the things I liked about this movie is that it, you know, it, it from the trailers. If you've seen the trailers or seen the movie, I don't give a shit. You probably have an understanding <laughs> of what the movie is about, um, and I feel like it kind of goes in that direction. But it's really, it's really the performances that I'm selling it, and I feel like Tom Hanks both in this movie and maybe his whole career, I feel like he has been striving to convince me that he's my dad. Okay? (laughs) Like, we have built this emotional connection together. And in the last five minutes of this movie... Oh, holy shit, the last five minutes are so The last five minutes of this movie, 
I'm basically watching my dad break down and ball his eyes out, and I was like an event destroyed. Horizon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how we call that balling your eyes out to tear them out. Spoiler alert! No, I, I, I watched this with my wife, and both of us, like at the very end of the movie, we're just breaking yeah, down. We're I haven't shaky. cried that much it. since the last time I watched a Tom Hanks movie called Toy Story Three. <laughs> yeah, it's so, called Larry Crown. <laughs> <laughs> You were crying. Why did he lose his job? Why did Hollywood make this movie? Who was it for? I haven't, I haven't cried that much since another Tom Hanks movie made me wonder what happened to the other red shoe. Why does the man only have one red shoe? What a lonely shoe! Why does he have to be big? (laughs) All right. Well, so Captain Phillips, Cloud Atlas. But yeah, Captain Phillips is a very tense movie. Even knowing. What happens? Because it's based on a true story. I was very yeah. like I was tense throughout and like in suspense. So four great recommendations, but now I recommend we end this podcast. <laughs> that's a segue, that, guys. That's that great. That's how you do it. Yeah, that's why you're professional, the professional. podcaster. Yep, uh, Elliot. Yes, it was a delight to spend some time with Hallie, but it's nice to have you back home. It feels good to be back. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket. <laughs> Welcome Dan, back to Dan. that same old place you joked about. What? Dan, it's good to see you behind the steering wheel. Thanks, Stuart. It's good to steady see you. hand at the tiller. Great to see you with that scarf. That scarf is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's both a fashion statement and it keeps my neck warm. Uh, Dan, mm. great to see you alive. Wait, I don't... Okay. For how long? Thanks. Did you enjoy that beer you just had? <laughs> what? The beer marked poison. Oh, God. All right. Well, I got to get some antidote for this, uh, so we should sign off. Yeah. Uh, for the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Wellington. <laughs> yes. And I am once again Elliot Kalen. Good night, everyone. Back in the saddle. got it on my phone in case we need to look at it. In case you're like, what do we do next, Elliot? Mm-hmm. That sounds exactly like me. <laughs> it's me, Dan. <laughs> I'm a drunk clown. <laughs> <laughs> That's drunk clown. Anyway, continue. Um, so we're doing, like, characters? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, now <laughs> what did I miss? Dan is the drunk clown. This is how I do the show now that I'm back. Stuart, you're kind of like a like a happy-go-lucky ragamuffin penguin. I don't think and that I'm works. Like a, I think I should play a super, like, stodgy, super by-the-book, no-nonsense, stodgy penguin. <laughs> and I am uh, my new character of uh, Laser Spaceman. Okay. Who is a janitor who works in a middle school. And I'll play Dr. Sexo, you're the al- sexologist. <laughs> you're already the drunk clown. You get, he gets two characters? You, you can have two characters, too. You're also like a single mom struggling to make ends meet that on the moon. That sounds like me. And I'm yep. uh, an underwater cop <laughs> named uh, Fisho McKenzie. <laughs> I solve water crimes. Fisho's a family name, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Goes back to the old country. Land.